Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, June 19th, a.k.a. Juneteenth. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, let's say this week is not as busy as last week, so I'm not going to say, oh my gosh, it's such a crazy week in the world of sports because it is much tamer than last week when we had a 30-minute episode. So thanks, y'all, for listening to all of that. And, of course, it is June 19th, so happy Juneteenth, everybody. And as always, we start off with some MLB baseball. So updates from the week is the Tigers had lost nine in a row before Monday night's game against the Braves when they won in the 10th inning. So they even needed 15 hits to do it to only score six runs. But hey, they managed to stop that skid before it got to 10 in 10. So that wasn't also the only game that went into the 10th inning on Monday. The Rockies bested the Red Sox in a rain-delayed 10th inning game, 4-3. to three, So you know that game went late into the night. And the Reds beat the Royals by 1 in 10 as well. Also, the Rangers-Angels matchup went into the 12th before pitcher and, of course, star hitter Otani had his second home run of the game to win 9-6. to six. Mets pitcher Drew Smith became the second Mets pitcher to be ejected from a game for an illegal foreign substance. Now, he said he didn't change anything from what he's done all season, but he is the second one so far. The Yankees won that game to start the Subway Series. Reds pitcher Brandon Williamson got his first big league W after beating the Royals 5-4. Oddly enough, the MLB's worst, the A's, beat the MLB best, the Rays, by one on Monday and Tuesday to win seven straight games, a season high. Now, don't worry, that didn't last long. They lost the next five, so normalcy has been restored. It's a good time to do that, though, as Game 7 on that night was the reverse boycott night that we'd all been hearing so much about and I uh, reported on last week. So that drew in a season-high 27,000 fans. The Braves beat the Tigers two times on Wednesday in a doubleheader, 10-7 and then 6-5. That game was scheduled as a doubleheader due to a rain-postponed game. The Reds had three home runs in the fifth inning to beat the Royals and sweep that series. The Nationals coach was not happy with the baseline rule on Wednesday in their loss to the Astros, but they avoided the sweep on Thursday's winning in 10. The Yankees may have split the Mets matchup, but they got swept by the Red Sox, including a beatdown 15-5 to to start that series. The Angels shut out the Royals in Game 1 of their series, which was the Royals' 10th straight loss. They beat the Angels the next day, though, to end that nasty streak. Schwarber hit a home run on the first pitch of the game against the A's. They won that game, and their win streak now sits at 6. The Braves also sit at six straight after hitting a grand slam on the Rockies. The Giants rout the Dodgers 15 to zero in the in the Dodgers' worst home loss in history. The Reds swept the Royals and the Astros, which makes their win streak eight in a row now. And the Marlins swept the Nationals, which puts them 10 wins over that 500 mark, which means, again, win and loss is the same, is .500. So they are 10 wins better than that, which is the first time that the Marlins have been in that position since 2011. 
sticking with baseball, but changing to the NCAA as the College World Series began this week. And we have had a ton of close games. Only one game so far has been decided by more than one run. Now, in the first day, Oral Roberts beat TCU and Florida beat UVA, both with a score of 6-5. to five. How odd is that? Oral Roberts was down 5-2 to two in the ninth before they rallied back, scoring four to beat the Horn Frogs. Then UVA was scoreless until the seventh when they put up four runs, but Florida scored one run, one run, and then three runs in the final three innings to take that W. The second day, Wake Forest showed why they are ranked number one and beat Stanford. Each of the first three innings had a single run scored by Stanford, Wake, and Stanford. Then Wake had a couple of batters walked and brought them home for a two-run score to win by one. LSU was the only team to win by more than run, more than one run. Try to say that 10 times fast over Tennessee. LSU was up five zip going into the eighth and the volunteers tried to start a rally, but fell about two runs short. LSU put up the final run in the bottom of the eighth. And so that final score was six to three, the biggest winning margin of the college world series so far. The second round was the winners of day one and the losers of day one, with the loser of the losers match going home. Florida was done putting up their points by the end of the fourth, putting up five runs. ORU, though, only had one run before the seventh when they got a small rally going, scoring two. In the ninth, they needed two to tie and three to win. And then with one out, the Golden Eagles got bases loaded, but only managed to score one and are now one loss away from being eliminated. In the losers match, both TCU and UVA put up a run in the first, and it was a game of one run innings as TCU put up one in the third, the sixth, and the eighth. UVA put one up in the seventh and the eighth, but ultimately fell one short and has now been eliminated from the College World Series. That is the only elimination so far. We wrapped up two big postseasons this week as well as the Nuggets are officially NBA champs for the first time ever. The Denver team has been a franchise for 47 years before winning in game five against the Heat 94 to 89 to clinch it. Game five didn't start off great for the Nuggets either who missed 23 of 28 three-pointers and they trailed by 10 at halftime but they have the best pair in postseason as Jokic and Murray are the first teammates to average 25 points five rebounds and five assists per game in the postseason. Jokic is also the first player to lead the postseason in points with 600 rebounds with 279 and assists in 190 so it is no wonder that the Nuggets came back to win game five and clinch the championship the parade was a little bit of chaos though including a fire truck hitting a cop causing a lower leg injury but Jokic felt like celebrating he went all the way home to Serbia after the parade don't worry he stayed for that but he did go home and made it home in time to watch his family horse in the harness races a little also outside of NBA championship news, but the Wizards are trading three-time All-Star Bradley Beal to the Suns, likely for Chris Paul, Landry Shamay, and some other picks. The deal isn't done yet, but it is in progress and would be a blockbuster deal when it does go through. 
In some football news, little snippets for you this week as Coach Prime, a.k.a. Deion Sanders, might have to have his foot amputated due to a circulation issue from 2021. He has already lost two toes from that incident. Now, Colorado sold out their spring game this year because of the Deion Sanders effect or the Coach Prime effect. However, they will open up their season against college football playoff final four TCU, followed by former Big 12 rival Nebraska in week two. So hopefully Coach Prime doesn't miss a whole lot of time as he needs to get that team up to snuff two hard matchups right off the top. And guys, we are under 70 days till football season now. So get excited. San Diego State also told the Mountain West that they plan to exit the conference, but News has not dropped on if they've gotten a Power 5 spot or where they want to go. They have just given their written notice to the Mountain West. Ray Lewis, the third son of Super Bowl champ Ray Lewis, has died of an overdose, at least suspected. He was 28 years old, and he played cornerback, corner back for the Miami for two seasons and then went to Coastal Carolina in 2015. This week, and we'll cover this in What to Watch, but the USFL championships are this week, so we'll have the division champs. Southern Division is in a much better spot with their two teams that sit at 8-2 and two and 7-3 and three, versus the North Division, which are both 4-6 and six with the Maulers and the Panthers. Huge golf news, as it was the third of the four major weekends of the year. And it's Father's Day, which means it was the U.S. Open. Although Ricky Fowler and Xander Schauffele started off real hot, tying a record with 62s, Ricky Fowler ended up with a 75 to give up the lead. First-time winner of the PGA Tour this year, Wyndham Clark, managed to outlast Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, and Cameron Smith, who were all close behind him. His final score of 10 under was enough to win by one, and then Rory was in solo second, Scotty was in solo third, and Cameron Smith in solo fourth. Now, Clark was up by three with just four holes to go, but then made back-to-back bogeys. But lucky for Clark, Rory couldn't make better than a par on any of his last holes either. Clark was in absolute disbelief on the 18th and just started to cry. It was amazing. He is truly on the up and up. He actually just won in early May for the first time on the PGA Tour at the Wells Fargo Championship. So his name may sound a little familiar because of that. So the Colorado native did also lose his mom to breast cancer. So he was just wished she was there. And Ricky Fowler had a nice moment, came up to him and said his mom would have been proud of him. So, so even though it was on Father's Day, a little bit for mom as well. That wasn't the only drama in the final round, though, as Tommy Fleetwood shot a 63. Now, only three men have carded a score of 63 in a final round of a major. And Tommy Fleetwood is one of those three. So he now holds two of those spots. And that was actually a different major a little bit ago. But so Tommy Fleetwood, unfortunately, just cannot seem to put all four rounds together. He has had his fair, like, placings I guess at different majors but he has not been able to put it all together so Wyndham Clark again wins the U.S. Open this week congratulations before this he had not finished better than 75th at a major also the live PGA Tour merger is now under investigation so I'm sure we will hear more and more about that in the weeks to come but there's no other news as of right now Now, I said we did the NBA championships and then we have the Stanley Cup playoffs and both were decided literally after the last weekly update as the Vegas Golden Knights are Stanley Cup 
champions. In their first year, they entered the league, the Vegas team made playoffs and the final. Then in just six years after they began, they won the Stanley Cup. Now, only six teams have won the Cup in just their first six years, but the previous five were all pre-World War II. Technically, the 84 Oilers also did it in just their fifth NHL season, but previously they were in another league called the World Hockey Association first, so TBD if that kind of counts as well. They also had Wayne Gretzky, so when you have the great one, you know, just unfair. Right wing Mark Stone, though, is the first player to score a hat trick in the final since 1996. The Knights were up 3-1 to one in the series and put an exclamation point on it by winning game five, 9-3. So it's funny, both NBA and NHL playoffs were done early in the week. That's why this week's a lot tamer on the sports side. A little bit of motorsports news this week, as well as F1 Max Verstappen won his sixth race of the year at the Canadian GP this weekend. This is notable due to it being his 41st win of his career, which ties him to Ariane Senna's win record. Now, that is only sitting at fifth all time, and they've got a ways to go before Verstappen hits that top spot because Lewis Hamilton has that crown currently with 103 career wins and is obviously still racing. However, it was also Red Bull's 100th victory since they made their debut in Formula One in 2005. Big time Olympic sports news this week. It was a sad week in cycling as the Tour de Suisse competitor Gino Motter died Friday after falling down a ravine in his home race at the age of 26. Motter and United States Magnus Sheffield both fell at the same point during the mountain stage into La Punte. Medics found Mater motionless and unconscious in the water and resuscitated him before they lifelighted him to a hospital where he later died. Sheffield had a concussion and bruises, but is all right. Mater's death was announced just 30 minutes prior to the sixth stage in the Tour de Suisse, which was then delayed for a tribute and then canceled. Now, Mater has competed for Bahrain victorious since 2021. Matthias Skelmos won the Tour de Suisse this weekend and dedicated his win to the fallen cyclist. Sticking with cycling news, 30-plus riders were DQ'd from the under-23 Giro d'Italiana for hanging onto team cars to use them as a boost in the race. Now, it was very obvious, and it appeared that the cyclists didn't know they were being recorded, as most of them were kind of laughing about it, and it was pretty flagrant what they were doing and how they were doing it. 24 of the 31 riders that were DQ'd were Italian. In other not great news on Olympic sports, United States sprinter Tori Bowie died from childbirth complications. That is the new news from this week. You may recognize that story. Sprinters, including Allison Felix, have been outspoken on social media that three of the four gold medalists on a certain relay team all had trouble during childbirth. Now that is bringing to light the issue of black women mortality as this is, I, I, I know personally, I have a friend who suffered from preeclampsia. And so this is a very serious issue and love that they're bringing it to light. Literally of a gold medal relay team, three of four women had a huge issue with childbirth. One even died. So clearly this is an issue that needs to be addressed. 
A little bit of soccer news, too, as Becky Sauerbrunn is out of the World Cup due to a foot injury for the United States. She would have been the most experienced on the team before the World Cup, and no team has three-peated yet, and the United States is trying to be the first. She is out with that foot injury and is truly heartbroken. You can see her post on the blog post as well. The World Cup starts July 20th. That wraps up what happened over the last week. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. We've got a lot of MLB on TV, especially as we've had NBA and the NHL come into a close. So Tuesday, watch the Braves at the Phillies at 540 on TBS, and then the Dodgers at the Angels in the battle for LA at 905 on TBS. Friday, you can catch two games on Apple TV+, Plus. but for those of you who don't have it, we're going to skip it. Saturday, Cubs at the Cardinals at 1210 on Fox. The Mets play the Phillies at 305 on Fox Sports 1. Then, depending on where you are, you can either catch the Astros at the Dodgers or the Twins at the Tigers at 615 on Fox. Wrapping up the week, the Cubs play at the Cardinals at 9 a.m. on ESPN, and then the Astros play at the Dodgers at 6 on ESPN. For those of you wondering why the Cubs and the Cardinals are playing at 9 a.m., that is because that matchup will be in London, so across the pond. For NCAA baseball, we continue the College World Series on Monday. Game 7 will be Tennessee versus Stanford. That actually has already started. It is 1 p.m. on ESPN. Game 8 will be LSU versus Wake Forest at 6 on ESPN. Now, Game 7, Tennessee versus Stanford is an elimination game, so whoever loses that game goes home. Tuesday, Game 9 is TCU versus Oral Roberts at 1 on ESPN. That is also an elimination game. And then Game 10 is the winner of Stanford, Tennessee, and the loser of Wake Forest LSU at 6 on ESPN. That also is an elimination game. Wednesday, you can catch game 11, which will be Florida versus the winner of TCU-ORU at 1 on ESPN. And then game 12 will be the winner of Wake Forest LSU versus the winner of game 10. So that's that Stanford other game on the late game on Tuesday at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Then on Thursday, we have a couple if necessary games. So that is, again, if we've got a bunch of teams that have one loss, one win, and we need to have a double elimination. So then we go to Thursday games. College World Series game 13 will be at 1 on ESPN, and then game 14 will be at 6 on ESPN2. Again, those are if necessary. Then we have the College World Series final that will start on Saturday. Game one, best of three. So you only need to win technically the first two games and you could be done. We could crown a College World Series champion by the next weekly update, but we will see. So game one is at six on Saturday on ESPN. Game two on Sunday at the same time. And if necessary, game three will be Monday also at six on ESPN. Now, just when you think ba basketball is not going to be on TV this week, you would be wrong because the NBA draft starts on Thursday at 7 on ESPN and ABC. First pick is by the Spurs, then the Hornets, the Timberwolves, the Rockets, and then the Pistons. Those are your first five. I did say I was going to go over it in what to watch this upcoming week as the USFL begins division play this week of playoffs. So starting with the North on Saturday, Pittsburgh versus Michigan at seven. Catch that on NBC. And then the South division. So ultimately the better win record. Uh, Birmingham versus New Orleans at six on Fox. 
in the world of golf this week, we've got going to the Travelers. So TBD, if uh, Brooks Kepa will actually be there, but he made a snarky comment in his press conference last week about seeing you at the Travelers, but we'll see. So Thursday, the Travelers, round one will be at three on Golf Channel. Round two, Friday, is at the same time. Then on Saturday, catch round three at one on Golf Channel, changing over to CBS at two. You can also catch the LPGA KPMG PGA Championship, which is a major, at two on NBC, also on Saturday. Then on Sunday, we start with the LPGA KPMG PGA Championship at one on NBC, and then the Travelers final round will be at one on Golf Channel, changing over to CBS at two. Also, I don't usually highlight non-Triple Crown horse racing, but this Saturday is the Ascot, which is the biggest race in the UK. That will be at 8 a.m. on NBC. We do have some track and field on on Saturday as well as the USATF New York Grand Prix will be at noon on NBC. So catch that to see some high flying names in the United States. And then plenty of soccer this week as well as we have UEFA and CONCACAF qualifying matches going on. That wraps it up for me this week. Like I said, much tamer, not as much going on because we have wrapped up the NBA and NHL finals. So we'll have to see if we have a College World Series winner before next week. For more stories and times, check out the blog, The Golf Guide to Sports. And as always, thanks for listening and catch you all next week.